Hi and welcome to our latest One Church podcast. Our vision is to encourage, equip and empower you to discover a life-changing relationship with God. We hope this message will inspire you to discover your full potential. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, how you doing? Good to see you all. Just thank you to Andy for really taking us into a really special time of worship there. I think the reason I had to take some water is because you, you played probably my favourite worship song ever, which is How He Loves by John Mark McMillan, and I always wreck my not very good voice singing that chorus. You know, that's that's why I was I was glugging some water. And thank you for taking us to the heart of worship because it is about Jesus. You know, all this, this is a machine for connecting you to Jesus, yeah? That's what all this is for, yeah? Every single thing that we do is to point you to him. And thank you, Andy, for pointing us to him. Even in the dark moments, like you were saying, we need to remember to point to him. Let's start with a question. What's a good day for you? What does a good day look like? I mean, it's different for everyone. I was lying at the end of a day recently in my bed, and I had a great day. And it wasn't anything spectacular. I wasn't like, you know, kind of we in holiday. It was just, just a day that was good. And I was thanking God, and I was thinking about it, and I thought... I wonder if that's something I should I should talk to the congregation about. And, and I thought, yeah, maybe that was. I'm trying to kind of get better at listening to wee nudges from God. So that may have been a wee nudge from God. So, right, okay, let, let's, let's do that. So here we go. So I'll go back to that question again then. So what is a good day? Um, maybe for some of you it's when your Fitbit team wins. I, I'm, I'm a Motherwell fan, so I have no idea what that feels like. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, seriously, I... I, I, I I don't really follow football all that closely. I think there was a period in my life where I did kind of follow quite closely. And now I'm one of those annoying fans that turns up when we're doing well, you know, kind of goes to the cup finals and things. Actually, just to kind of give you a glimpse into what being a Motherwell fan is like, it was a couple of years ago now, and I think it was the 17-18 season, we qualified for two finals, League Cup final and the Scottish Cup final, and me and my boy Daniel, there he is, um, we went to both of them. And I remember very clearly the Scottish Cup final. So we're sitting in Hamden Stadium, we dod of Motherwell fans, and then there was some other Glasgow team, I can't remember which one it was, you know, one of those big teams. They all, they all look the same to me. Um, and um, what they were doing on the big screens is they were playing, um, they had every team that had ever won the Scottish Cup from 19 canteen up until the present day, or to the last one, yeah. So they would, they would put the date up and then the badge of the club you know, so like it was, you know, 1896 Queen's Park, 1897 Third Lanark, you know, boom, 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 fairly quick succession. The other team didn't have to concentrate very hard to spot their um, thing coming up, you know, because it was going like Celtic, 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 Rangers, Celtic, 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 Rangers, Celtic, 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 and I could see it ticking, and I knew that in 1952 it was our moment. So I'm trying to get Daniel. Right, concentrate, concentrate. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Hey! And then, and then Daniel's going, when's, when's the other one? I says, there isn't really another one. <laughs> well, there isn't another one until ni- 1991. But you need, see, he was on, we were 1991, yay! And then, then, then that's it. <laughs> so, you know, if you're a Motherwell fan, you have to concentrate really hard and spot your good days because they don't come around very often. I want to share with you another good moment in, in my life. And apologies that it's also football related. Honestly, I, I do have other things in my life than football, you know. But this, that, I was just reminded when I was thinking about football that this, this bit of video, if we can have it up, Angie. 
This is me and the Wayne's watching Scotland qualifying. This is watching it. <laughs> that, 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 that's David Marshall saving a penalty from a Serbian and I was watching it. Wasn't that a good day, kids? Yeah, wasn't that a good day? So, uh, yeah, maybe it's very West of Scotland man of me to kind of frame all my good days as football. It's something, you'll have different days, you know, that are good for you. Don't know what it's like for you to have a good day. Maybe it's just getting stuff done. That's, that's my wife's thing, you know. She, she, sometimes I come home and she'll tell me what she's done and said, look, I had a good day. We accomplished stuff. Maybe it's being with people that you love. You know, spending time with people that mean something to you. Maybe, or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's time to get some time alone and be quiet by yourself. Or perhaps it's even just finding a day when you just get some respite from the things that are difficult in your life. Everyone might have something different that they need on a good day. I'm trying to think what, what my good day actually looks like. Um, getting some stuff done early is good. Kids, what's the best time of the day? Yes, absolutely. Right answer, morning. Get some stuff done in the morning. Um, if it involves some tea and some biscuits, then that's a good day for me. You know, maybe some time with people that I love. And, and probably some time alone as well, because that's how I'm wired very much. I'm going to be a happy man with a day like that. But here's the thing, and here's, here's where I want to go, really. What do you do with that good feeling on a good day? And I hope that's not an odd question. Because I think... Hopefully you agree with me. I think one of the things that a really good day does, a really good moment does, is that it points you beyond yourself. I think it points us beyond. When you experience something incredible, something wonderful, there's also always that sense, I think, that feeling that you're connected with something bigger than yourself, something deep. You know, people talk about that sort of thing sometimes, like when they, when they witness the birth of their wains or when they fall in love or they experience a, a great piece of music or art or something, a great beauty. Something feels like this way I feel it. It's more than that. You know, those moments where you, when you feel like how you feel must be more than just how you feel. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's pointing to something more meaningful. And I, I'm very interested today in those moments. What does that mean? What do you do in those moments? And it occurred to me, and again, I'll try and explain this to you. I think globally, there's a few different ways you can deal with those moments. And it depends a little bit on what you believe about the universe and the way things are set up. Because if you believe the universe is meaningless and random, then no matter how wonderful you feel, you cannot be consistent in your beliefs unless you admit that that good, belief is, that good feeling is also random and ultimately means nothing. You can't fully lean into it, not and be consistent with what you believe. You have to let it go. You have to give it up. So let's call that approach giving up. And secondly, I think you may have that good feeling and think, this is, this is good, it's okay. And I'm going to lean into it and I'm going to be thankful and I'm going to think that it might mean something, even if I don't really know what it's pointing to or what it's about. And that's, that's probably a better approach. That's, let's call that giving in. And finally, and this is where I want to get to, we'll go through the other two a wee bit, but we'll get here and this is where I want to rest. But finally, I think there's one more possible reaction to having 
good things in our life. One that only really comes if we properly believe in a meaningful universe, if we believe in a good and kind creator, and especially if we're followers of Jesus Christ. Like most of us here this morning. If we can see the hand of God in the good in our lives, then we certainly don't give up and we do more than just give in to a feeling. I propose that we can do something even deeper, even more meaningful, and that's to give thanks to God. So we can give up and say it's all just meaningless no matter how good I feel. Or we can give in to it even if I don't really know what this all means. Or we can give thanks to a good God. Where are you on that scale? Have a think. And today I want to talk about each of these and see if we can get some insight into how we can live a more satisfying and fulfilled life based on thankfulness. So one, I, I don't want to spend too much long on this, giving up, give up. If you believe that life is meaningless, then so are all our good feelings. Those that believe that the universe is meaningless and random, I think have difficulties explaining what the good stuff in life means. Now, it actually helps you, I think, if you believe the universe is meaningless with the bad stuff. You know, we, we talked recently about suffering, didn't we, together? And we talked about how sometimes it could be hard for us who believe in a good and kind creator to understand why bad things happen, why bad things happen to good people, why random stuff happens. If you're a, a person who believes the universe is meaningless, it's not so um, hard to explain. Everything's meaningless, so all the bad stuff's meaningless too. However, if you believe the universe is meaningless, if you believe there's no God, then what do you do with these moments of joy? These moments when you feel connected, when you feel like what you feel is bigger and better? Maybe Christians sometimes have a problem with um, suffering. I think atheists have a problem with joy. How can we explain it? Now, I know that people that think the universe is meaningless say, well, you can construct meaning to lay on top of the meaningless. But how unreal and satisfying can that be? when you know it's just something you've constructed yourself? Can it support you? Can it feed you? Can it bear you up when you're down? No matter how satisfying your life is, you'll always know that what you've built it on is something that you just built that's a construct. And, and I don't want to spend too long on that point of view. Not because I, I, I think, only because I think there's very few people in this room that, that believe that. I just think, even practically in day-to-day -day life, even people that think they believe in a meaningless universe can't live like that. There's very few people that are having a great time, having a great day, and then consciously remind themselves, oh, and by the way, this means nothing. The universe is cold and indifferent, and we're all going to die. And that's it. No one really lives like that. I think more people actually live in our second category. This is category two, give in. The people who feel the good thing and give in to it, not even thinking about it, but just say, ah, yeah, this is great, I'm going to lean into it. Or, or maybe even going a step beyond, which I think is a good step beyond to go, is, is to have a kind of vague feeling of thankfulness. I think that's not a bad thing to feel thankful. It's good for you, good for the world. I'm not at all against cultivating a feeling, a general feeling of thankfulness. You certainly see plenty in the, in the world, people in the world that are unthankful, plenty of the people who are resentful of what they don't have and unsatisfied with what they do have. You've seen even people who have lots of money and power and influence don't always seem to be satisfied. Some are very ungrateful and unsatisfied. Charles Dickens said this, Reflect upon your present blessings, of which every man has many, not on your past misfortunes, of which all men have some. Thankfulness is a part of a good life. And a lot of people, I think, recognise that. You see that in kind of self-help literature, you know, cultivate an attitude of thankfulness. 
And that's fine. It's better than believing in a meaningless universe. But while I'm behind that idea of a general sense of thankfulness, I think there's a level even above this. There's something bigger and deeper, a fuller, deeper thankfulness that we only get if we have somewhere to direct that thankfulness. Thankfulness is part of what being a healthy human is, but it reaches its true power when we have somewhere or someone to pour our appreciation onto. And this, of course, takes us to our third point. The reaction to goodness and blessing that I think is the richest and fullest, not giving up, not giving in, but giving thanks. Give thanks to the one who makes it all possible. I think we were made to give thanks. I hope many of you have read, read the book of Psalms in the Bible. If not, go home and read some of it today. It's just great. The Psalms, what they are, they're songs and poems often directed to God or designed for a group like this to sing together or to um, be involved with. So they're, they're different from other bits of the Bible. There's not a story to them like the Gospels. There are no specific points of teaching like a letter in the New Testament. What there is is a lot of people pouring out their hearts to God. Some of the rawest and most beautiful scripture can be found there. Some of the saddest, some of the most angry, and some, of course, of the most thankful. I don't know how many Psalms there are, are off the top of my head. Hundred, well, more than 100. I would, I would guess and I would say it's about 150. But when you start hitting this, the 90s in the Psalms, a lot of them are just songs of praise. And you can see how the ancient people that wrote the Bible had a great grasp of what praise and thankfulness was. And finally, I'm getting to the Bible. You're worried I wasn't going to come to it, weren't you? Psalm 100. I'm going to read the first few verses. I was reading this. I just spotted that Psalm 100 has a wee footnote just below the title. A lot of the Psalms have these wee kind of almost, they're almost stage directions. They say things like, this is to be played with that tune, or this is for the harp, or this is for the lyre. Um, and I think that's, that's smashing because um, I am involved in quite a, sometimes quite a bit of the technical process of setting up a meeting like this, you know, where Angie is sometimes, and you get all your wee notes, this is what happens here, this song's for that, and then that happens. And I just think, the Bible's got that stuff in it too. Tells you what to do, is the technical notes. One day I'm going to just preach a sermon, just all technical notes from the Psalms. You know, it's awesome. So God bless you technical guys. The Bible's got technical notes. The technical note for this one tells you what it's for. It says, Psalm 100, for giving grateful praise. That's what you use it for. That's our technical note. Here's what it says. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. We've done that this morning. Know that the Lord is God. It's he who made us and we are his and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. It's not just good for your soul, that stuff. We talked about his love earlier. This is what we're doing this morning, giving thanks with joyful songs. And this is something deeper than just a vague sense of thankfulness. We are giving thanks to the source of all goodness. We're not just being thankful, we're giving thanks back. It's an active thing that we're doing. Yeah, the difference for me is... Well, imagine you were given a vast sum of mon money. You were given a huge donation, yeah? If that's an anonymous donation, then you're grateful for the money, but there's always that kind of, well, I don't know what to say, to, who to thank, I don't know what to do with it, it's great. Imagine you were given a vast sum of money and you knew 
where it came from and you knew the motive and knew whatever love there was and kindness from that person. That's where we are. We're not just experiencing goodness and not knowing where to um, put our praise. We are receiving a fast and great gift and knowing why it was given to us and knowing who gave it to us and knowing who we should respond to. In James verses, verse 1, sorry, pardon me, in James chapter 1 verse 17 it says this, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly light, who does not change like shifting shadows. This is the opposite of a world without meaning, and it's much deeper than a vague feeling of thankfulness. The Bible is saying that every good and perfect gift has come down from the Father. So see all those good things in your life. They were intended and invented by God. He's the person that came up with the idea of good things. Love, joy, kindness, his ideas, his inventions, all of that. I mean, just stop and think, right, for a minute. Stop. Every good thing has come from God, from the Father. And what does it mean for our lives if we could see that? If we could perceive that better? How would that change our outlook? How much richer and fuller would it make our lives? I mean, you read the Psalms, and again, I recommend that, for any length of time, and you start to notice that the people that wrote the the Psalms saw the world exactly like that. They saw the goodness of God absolutely everywhere. This is Psalm 96. Listen to this. Psalm 96, verse 11. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant. And everything in them, let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. You know, we think of praising the God, and on a superficial level, you think it's what we do here on a Sunday, when we sing and make noise to God. Or maybe when we pray at home, or we've got worship music on in the car or in the house. You know, that, that's praise. But the writer of Psalms is seeing something even bigger than that. He's seeing praise everywhere. The sea resounds with it. The fields are rejoicing. The trees are singing. And if you think singing trees are odd, in Isaiah they clap their hands. There's a sense that the natural world, the very life of creation, is singing praise to its creator, to God. Every new leaf, every sunrise, every splash of a wave, every moonlit night, everything given praise to God. And how good are we at seeing the hand of God like that? Like the writers of the Psalms? You know, we might be good at seeing the pain in the world. How good are we at seeing the good? Have we trained our eyes to see it? Do we notice it in our lives? Or do we only give thanks for 30 minutes on a Sunday morning? How much richer and fuller would our life be if every day we joined the singing trees in the jubilant fields and recognised the goodness of our Creator? Because there's so much more good in our lives than we realise. And I realise that that exists alongside our pain, yeah? I'm not telling you that you have to pretend that there's no bad things in your life. Not at all. I'm not asking you if you're struggling to pretend that you're having a great time if you're not. But I'm asking you to realise that God is good all the time. And worth praise all the time. Do you know... 
talking about praise, talking about thankfulness. I think there's something noble and admirable about a follower of God that knows that they're taking a beating right now, but lifts their head, stares the devil straight in the eye and says, do you know what? All glory to God anyway. That's praise. That's thankfulness. There's so much more good in our lives than we realise. And I think I want to try and see more of it and be more thankful. I was talking with my daughter yesterday and we were talking about the best moments of the week because I was saying this is what I'm going to be speaking about tomorrow. Things that we can be thankful for. I told her that one of my favourite moments of the week is the first bite in a salt and chilli rib from Bon Appetit on a Friday afternoon. Oh, that's worth giving thanks for. And Jamie had to think a wee bit, but she said to me later, you know, I, I'm just thankful that um, not all of my wee plants died when uh, the, the, the unseasonable frost got them. She had plants out in the garden, a lot of them get nipped by the frost, but not all of them. Some of them survived. Worth giving thanks for. And these are, these are small, silly things. But that's the stuff of life, guys. These small, inconsequential moments of goodness. And if we don't stop and notice them, if we don't give thanks for them, then our lives become poorer and less rich. Remember, what does the Bible say? God is the father of all good things. And the more that we see the good things in our life and give them and praise to God, then we start to see the presence of God everywhere. Remember I asked you at the start what you did with a good day. Andy's going to come back um, just now and we're going, to, we're going to sing another song just to close. We're going to get, have an opportunity to give praise. But I hope that you have a better answer to that question now. I hope you, you don't have to give up because you convinced yourself that even good times are meaningless. And I hope you do more than just ride the feeling. What I would really like is for every single one of us to start on a journey of learning to give thanks, to stop after every single good moment and say, thank you, God. And, and here, I'm not asking you to do big, elaborate, holy motions or, or, or weird stuff, you know. You do not need to draw attention that you are doing this, you know. But in your heart, to God, you can give thanks for all things. So here's the challenge for you, for me for all of us. The next time something goes your way, give thanks. When you've got a moment to rest and recuperate, give thanks. When your favourite song comes on the stereo, give thanks. When you're eating your favourite meal, first bite of the um, salt and chilli rib, give thanks. When you appreciate what someone says to you, when someone is kind and compassionate towards you, give thanks. If you get some way down your to-do list in a day, give thanks. When that thing you were dreading isn't half as bad as you thought it was going to be, give thanks. When the goodness of God is all over your life, give thanks. When God is actually all you've got left, stand up, look up, and with all the defiance that you can muster in your heart, give thanks. Always always give thanks. It says in the book of Thessalonians, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I want my life to be marked by thankfulness and not resentfulness. 
and definitely not by despair. I want to join the trees and the fields and the sea and all of creation in giving back thanks to my creator, for, to God, for all he has done for me. Because as the song said, he's been so, so good to me. He's done so, so much. So we're going to sing another song just to close. And that'll give us a th chance to give thanks. But let's remember not only to do it now, but to do it in, in every good time, in every good moment. Because let's all decide right now that all of our lives will be marked by and full of thanks. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, this morning we are thankful because of who you are and what you did, but also for the manifold blessings that you have given us, Lord. Spiritual, physical, all of them, Lord. And even if we're struggling, Lord, we still give you thanks. We still give you praise because you are worthy of it and you are the highest prize in life. So this morning, accept our thanks, accept our praise because you're worth every single iota of it. We praise you, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen in. We pray this message has been an encouragement wherever it finds you. If you have found it helpful, why not share it with someone or leave a comment? To find out more and stay connected, you can follow us at One Church Scotland through Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Take care and have a great week.